Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how you doing? All right. I watched a little bit of Thursday Night Football. Um, Started slow. Mostly, mostly the Niners eventually, you know, just stepping slowly and putting gradually more and more weight on top of the Giants. Yeah, but uh, listeners, I was I say I was committed to the podcast. Worked on it the entire game, um, yep. so that I was uh, I only saw it half with half an eye. And you could say committed, as in insane asylum is about is what we are here, and that's what we bring to you. Yes, and you know we're just out here working hard. You know there might be some TV on in the background, but it is what it is. Um, but no, yeah, very excited to come and talk to you here today, previewing the Packers' home opener against the Saints this Sunday. Very exciting first game in Lambeau as the starter for Jordan Love. Lots to talk about there, Dad. I'm psyched for this game. I think the crowd's going to be rocking. Hopefully, the Packers can put together a win. But we got a lot think, to talk about today. Yeah, I think the stadium's going to be rocking. I hope the stadium better be rocking. Um, if it's not, that's a bad sign. Exactly. That's that's all I'm saying. It better be rocking. But anyway. But I'll... maybe let's have it rocking while the Saints offense is on the field, please. Yes. No no waves while the Packers are on offense. I, I personally like the wave. I know that's an I like the wave, opinion. too. I'm not a hater on the wave. Just do it. Just make all the noise when, the, uh, when they're trying to snap the ball. Yeah. I, I like the wave. I, I think it's fun. But anyway, um, we have a lot to talk about today. But before we do. Just wanted to pitch a couple of things. If you like what you hear here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Uh, we tweet out when we have new episodes out, articles we find interesting, videos we find interesting, pieces of news, etc., etc. It's pretty much one-stop shopping for all the news coming out of Titletown. So come give us a follow there. Once again, that's at Father Son Packer. And if you like what you hear here today, come subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice or YouTube. We put all our episodes out on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc. Wherever you can find podcasts, you can find us. If you subscribe to us, it would really help our numbers, so we would really appreciate that. But yeah, that's the pitch. We'll be here doing episodes twice a week, every single week for the rest of the year. A pregame and a postgame for every single game. And then during the bye week, we'll do something a little fun. And then during the offseason, we do one a week, talking about the draft, talking about uh, offseason moves, etc., etc. So we will be here if you ever want more Packers news, notes, analysis, we're always going to be here, so come give us a listen. But, Dad, let's start talking about this New Orleans Saints game. And before anything, uh, I think we got a little bit of news. This is on the Saints front, but their starting safety, Marcus May, has been suspended uh, for the next, I think, four games, I read. Three or four. I can't remember the number. But the, more, the important thing for the Packers is that he is going to miss this game. Um, he's played every snap so far this year for the Saints defense, so that's a pretty big miss for them. Dad, uh, beyond that, do you want to just roll straight into the injuries uh, report? Because that's kind of also... Sure, there's kind of vein. a lot going on here. Uh, yeah, you want um, to take it away? So the Packers... Su- surprise, surprise, Bakhtiari hasn't practiced yet this week. Yeah. That's to be expected, really, at this point. And, and it means nothing yes. um, and at this point, whether that he's not practicing. It could mean he's going to play. It could mean he's not going to play. Did you see uh, his comments after... Um, he had a long practice. interview in the locker room yesterday after practice. Yesterday after practice, yeah. Yeah, where he was describing the the, the knee and the yes. frustration. He was and... essentially saying that like he didn't think that 
people had necessarily been fair to him saying that like the reason he was missing was turf and that there was no real reliable sourcing beyond that, which I think is fair to be frustrated by that because people were essentially insinuating that. And, and we, we had similar questions, although we probably could have done, done a better job of phrasing them, but essentially a lot of it was like, Oh, like I, I think the underlying, the, the undercurrent, and the f- sentiment around the conversation at times turned to be like, oh, is he like not giving 100% to the team? Which I think at times was like unfair to him. Um, yeah. I mean, this is the thing that I, I and I, we may, I think, think touched on this a little bit, but something that drives me a little crazy is people always want to assign some kind of character flaw to somebody if they're not able to play. And, you know, it's, I think, kind of grossly unfair. I think what happens is, and you talk. I forget who it was has podcast recently. Re, um, going back over the the his history with the knee since the injury, but all of the fluid in the knee. If so, the, the ligaments, everything are sound. But if the fluid builds up in the knee, which it does every once in a while, I think it just becomes inflexible because it gets yeah. really stiff from being basically swollen with uh, fluid in the. And so then you know, you can't bend it and push off with it, and so you you can't run. So yeah. it's not surprising when that happens, he can't play. Yeah. And, and so it's, it doesn't seem very predictable. Yeah. But and maybe and that's it the was... thing. And that's the, fr- that's the frustration with it. And I think, you know, as fans, I think it's reasonable to be frustrated, but I don't think it's reasonable to be frustrated and direct that frustration at David Bakhtiari because I think he's more frustrated than anyone. And he said as much. Yeah. Um, they asked him, like, had he thought about retiring? And he said no, because he had still been playing at such a high level and, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And doctors had said that, not at least to this point, there weren't like lasting long-term side effects to keep playing on it. But I think it's just going to be a thing where you know, as fans, we're all just going to have to take a deep breath and be patient with it for the year. It is what it is, and it sucks for everyone involved, and most most importantly, it sucks for him. But um, anything else you want to say on that, or do you want to? Should we continue no, on down the? Injury I think that's it. We had um, a new addition to the injury list in Zane Anderson for the hamstring. Hamstring. Surprise, surprise. Yep. If your money was um, on hamstring, he, you won. <laughs> That's right. Bingo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was what from not listed Wednesday to DNP Thursday. Um, Gary's limited. Not surprising. Jenkins not participating. We suspect it's going to be several weeks. So we haven't heard a timeline and probably won't get one. Probably not. If you, if you wanted my, if you want my, my, my personal uh, guess, Aaron Jones, however, Back on the practice field as a limited participant for the first time since the hamstring injury game one. He didn't have a single um, practice last week. Everything was a DNP, um, though he did maybe a little more stretching. And so, yeah. So, and, you know, he was running um, through drills. And so that was encouraging. Um, Lucas Van Ness limited both again today with the elbow and yesterday. That one Christian was the Watson. One, the, the Lucas Van Ness one just really quickly was encouraging to me as well because it sounds like they interviewed him in the locker room and he says he feels, he feels good. And that like, he was just, it, he, he, he downplayed it a lot, I guess is what I'm going to. And he didn't uh-huh. seem very concerned about it, which is good. And then Christian Watson went from a limited yesterday to a DNP today, which worried me a little bit at first, because some people had reported yesterday. That he, he ran a few routes and then just was, did some jogging on the side afterwards. But according to the floor, this was the plan ahead of time that he did, a yeah. couple days in a row, and so then they were giving him the day off. According to both Lafleur and Watson, this was the plan ahead of time. Was it, they yeah. they talked to him after the? I think I saw Ryan Wood tweeted out that he talked to him afterwards, and that this was the plan. 
And we're just gonna have to trust that this was the plan. Um, but yes, so <laughs> it no. is. It is lying season because it's somewhere between January first and December thirty first. I was gonna say it's a day ending in Y, so <laughs> it benefits you to lie about your players' injuries, unfortunately. But anyway, but uh, yeah. So, but I think that the. Um, there's still a chance that Jones and Watson play based on what we've heard so far from the team. Yeah. You know, I think I'd certainly, and I'm not insinuating the Packers are lying about their injuries. That's a, but I I think they oftentimes obfuscate the truth a little bit and you know, they play the game. I think every team in the NFL does, but um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously it'd feel better if Watson had practiced today, uh, even in a limited capacity, but it is a little bit, All, all things being equal. I would rather that didn't need to be the plan. It was like, oh, well, it was the plan, but we threw it out because he looks great and he's full. Yeah, that would be nice, but not there yet. Not there yet. But yeah, no. So for the Packers, obviously missing po- the possibility of missing both of their top two weapons again this weekend is not great. The possibility of missing their entire left side of the offensive line again this weekend is also not great. We saw that they really struggled there last week. Although, you know, I think that Rashid Walker and Newman actually played Decently, all things considered, it was. It seemed one of one of Newman's cleaner games. It could have been terms worse. Of, it certainly could have been worse. In he terms of uh, how much he showed, how much he showed up on the broadcast. Yeah, I think you know they struggled in run blocking. We'll talk more about them later. But the yeah, pass protection, is... they only they only allowed one pressure in pass protection between the two of them uh, per PFF, which is you know that's about as good as you can ask for, to be honest. And they they were yeah. forced into situations in obvious passing situations, uh, which you know just only goes to elevate the level of difficulty and the amount that the pass rushers can just pin their ears back and go. Uh, but on the Saints side, Dad, there are a few injuries for them as well. Uh, their safety, Ugo Amadi, uh, went from not being listed on the injury report to a limited participant on Thursday uh, with a knee injury. Uh, Taysom Hill was limited on Wednesday, but he was a full participant on Thursday. I actually have some notes on him, surprisingly. Former Packers legend, Taysom Hill. Uh, Kendra Miller was a full participant both Wednesday and Thursday with a uh, previously had a hamstring injury uh, looking to make, I believe, his NFL debut this weekend, which is exciting for him. Then Foster Moreau uh, was a DNP on Wednesday, but was a limited participant on Thursday with an ankle injury. So he's trending in the right direction. And then, you know, Jamal Williams, actual former Packers legend, uh, is a DNP with a hamstring. He was actually knocked out of last game, and it's sounding like he's not going to play this weekend, um, which sucks because I think his homecoming to Green Bay would have been a lot yeah. of fun. We, would have been we, a lot we of fun. won't. We won't get. We probably won't get. Maybe we'll get some dancing anyway. Pre-game, pre-game dancing. Just take it easy on your hamstring, Jamal. Like, <laughs> obviously, we would like to see it, but you know, you do you. Take your make your health the priority there. But yeah, so that's kind of the injury report, Dad, for the Packers. Um, anything there that or and the Saints as well. Anything there that you want to highlight from either team? Um, you know. It sounds like they're going to be thin at the safety room if both May can't play and then Amadi uh, also can't play. So that's two safeties down for them. Um, anything else that you want to highlight there? They're also going to be kind of thin at running back, which we'll talk about later. Right. With, um, that's uh, one of my points, so please don't steal it now. I'll, I'll discuss it later. But it, but but. it does sound like both Miller and uh, um, Taysom Hill are likely going to go. Yeah, which is, yeah, good. They're, they're good players. And it'll be cool to see uh, Kendra Miller have his... Um, 2023 debut, I believe. I don't think he was able to play in either oh. weeks one or two for them. And then another thing to mention is um, Alvin Kamara is still on suspension. Yes, yes. And won't be playing until next week. Right? That's a, a three yes. game. 
that is a that is a good point. Um, that was a three game suspension, and he will be playing next week. We had discussed that kind of way long time ago now, um, when that suspension came down, and we were like, "Oh, he's not going to play against the Packers." But it is important to circle back now that Alvin Kamara is also not available for this game, and something we'll also talk about later. But Dad, a quick game preview on this one. Do we should we move to the meat of it? Yeah, let's um, move on to the game itself. Some, so some quick facts, uh, odds for the game, where, when, etc. Uh, Green Bay is currently favored by two in Vegas uh, with an over-under of 42.5. This is per FanDuel, which implies a score of about 22 to 20 Packers. Uh, at home, you know, a minus two is generally kind of like if this was a neutral field, it would be a pick em. So Vegas kind of sees these teams, and the you know sports world at large kind of sees these teams as vaguely equal if they were to play on a neutral site, but it is in Green Bay. Like we said, kickoff noon central local time. Supposed to be a very nice day, 73 degrees, partly cloudy, winds of only about 10 miles an hour. Should be a beautiful day for football, and hopefully that helps the Packers pack out the crowd, no pun intended, even more this weekend. Um, but we know that Packers fans are there. Rain, shine, sun, snow, Blizzard. freezing cold sleet, ice bowl, all of the above. Uh, so weather doesn't matter for them, but for the lucky ones that are you know, going to be there this weekend, it'll be a nice day for them, which is going to be nice as summer kind of draws to a close and fall picks up in earnest. Um, but dad, yes, so, it will be, it will be fall by the time this game plays. Yeah, that's true. I, I have a different <laughs> definition of fall and summer and spring and et cetera, but September to me, it's to me, it's like Memorial day to labor day is summer. And then labor day and to the first of December is fall. And then et cetera, December to end of February is winter. And then we go from there. Um, but yeah, that, we're not, this is not what this podcast is about, Dad. But anyway, do you want to do a little bit of kind of keeping up with the Joneses a little bit? And uh, maybe maybe that's the wrong phrase we're looking for because we're not talking about Aaron and Caleb. <laughs> are there any um, Joneses we're talking about? on the, Are there any Joneses on the Saints? I don't know. Good question. I'm not sure. But anyway. Oh, and Tony, I'm Tony pretty Jones sure Jr. I can't keep up. I'm pretty sure. Oh, Tony Jones. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can't keep up with Aaron Jones. Maybe I can keep up with Caleb Jones. I wouldn't count on it. I'm gonna, <laughs> but I'm I can't say that gonna, for sure anymore. I'm, I can't no, say that I, for sure anymore. I, I can say for sure. I, I can say for sure you probably cannot keep up with him. I would I would bet a good amount of money. Um, but yes, Dad. So what's been going on for the Saints through two weeks? Uh, you want to give us the rundown? So, yeah. So r- right now the Saints are 2-0. They had one win over Tennessee at home and one win on the road at Carolina. So right now they are tied for first in the NFC South um, with Tampa Bay, who also, I guess, has... And in in division or no, it's no with it with Atlanta. Sorry, because they both have one in division um, victory. But three, three surprise, surprise, three two and zero teams in in the NFC South that everybody was picking as one of the pushover divisions. Yeah, it's kind of like last year when it was like, oh, the NFC East and the AFC East were both going to be terrible, or and then we ended up losing a bunch of those games. Yeah, with three of those wins being against the NFC North. Thank you very much. We're getting uh, we're getting kind of beat down over here with uh, you know, Tampa well, winning against at, the Bears. At least, at least since we lost the uh, the we we, were, we wanted the we wanted the rest of them to go that way. Yeah, Tampa's beating the Bear, Bears and the Vikings. The Atlanta beat us, and you know they're all just kind of taking turns beating up on us. It sounds like, but hey, as long as they're beating up the other guys too, we'll take it. Yeah, and so far the uh, the Saints defense has looked good. They've been kind of good for a while now. Um, yeah. I heard several people talking about how they've given up like. 20 or fewer points over, I think it's 10 straight and 11 of the last 12 games. So I looked at this a little bit more in detail. So 
um, comparing what they've given up to those teams' average scores. So they've given up on average over that stretch um, 14.8 points. And those teams, you know, their averages from last year for the teams that played last year and this year average 20.8. So they, so essentially they're giving up like about a touchdown less per game over their last 12 games than their opponent's average. For comparison, the Packers have given up, what, like one less point? Um that's that's a little better than I actually would have thought. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So they, so the, so so Green Bay is has a uh, um. Let's see. And so oh, I should that uh, has held their opponents to twenty or less seven times out of the last eleven. It's actually not so bad. And one point below average score for the opponents five times less, three times more, and four times even. While the Saints eight times out of those twelve, they've given up fewer points than their opponent's average. So they've generally been outperforming sort of the league average. While Packers defense, something we didn't not have thought, on a score basis over the last 12, have been about league average. And um, you picked you picked 12 games as a sample size just because they had been talking about how... Because well people were playing. talking about how what kind of streak that the Saints have been on. Ah, okay, okay. Um, with their, you know, 20 or less um, over, over the... Uh, um, last 12 games. It was 10 in a row, but I also tacked on another one because it was, I think it was 10 in a row or 9 in a row, but it made it 11 out of 12. Um, but anyway, they so there's, their scoring defense has been quite good for a while now, going deep into last year. Um, their, their defense is fourth overall by DVOA, fourth in team EPA per play on defense. And this is built mostly on being fourth in EPA per dropback. And that's so far this year? That's so far this year. Okay. Yeah, the 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 DVOA. I didn't actually look at last year's D. Did I? Well, I don't have a result. I just wanted last to year's I just wanted to make sure because I thought but, it was yeah. this year because I had read pre, I had read similar numbers, but I just wanted yeah. to double check. And that defense is built mostly on their past defense. Their, um, I think, f- while the rush defense is not nearly so good, their the rushing EPA um, is twenty second. Which, you know, Green Bay's is 23rd. So if we don't think much of Green Bay's run defense, we shouldn't think much of the Saints' run defense either. Yeah, and and you could argue, like, hey, the Packers played the Bears. Like, okay, yes, but the Saints played the the Saints played the Panthers, and the Panthers aren't great either. So fair enough. All's fair. Fair play. Uh, anything else you wanted to add there, or should we? Because I, I agree, I have I have a ton of stuff to say about the Saints, and there's a lot later. more to say about the defense later. Because so I just kind of that's a kind of the big picture, yeah. and we'll get it to more details later. And then our offense, they're not their offense has not been as good as their defense so far this year. Oh, I should say also in kind of the the the, the county numbers there on the defense side, they're sixth in points per game and seventh in passing yards per game. Give it up. So it's kind of round out what we had, what I, overview of the defense. On offense, they're only 14th in EPA per play, and 21st in DVOA on on offense. So in either middle of the pack or back half. Um, They've been involved in two of the ugliest games of the year so far. In that Week One matchup versus the Titans, where they won by a point, which was a mess of a game, and then the Monday night game against the that Panthers, Monday night game was, which was I I think most people probably switched it to a game that was almost as ugly in the Steelers Browns oh. game, but was just it was ugly better. and 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 gruesome. 
Yes, but the other game. But yeah, so the the Saints have mostly just been have won both two game, really ugly games so far. Two both of those games are hard games. to watch. Actually, it was a hard yeah, it was a hard game to watch because it was yeah, there's no, there was just not very entertaining football going on in that Saints uh, no, Monday night game. It's not, it's not good. It was not good. And that was like the the appetizer to the later Monday night game, which also ended up not being very good. But it was wasn't a much of an appetizer either. I'll tell you. But Dad, anything yeah. else you and, wanted to give? Overview and so, of? other kind of big pictures of the offense. They're for, they're also middle of the pack by PFF, fourteenth um, in DVOA. They're twentieth in passing DVOA on offense and fifteenth in rushing. Yeah, they're, they're like all kind average. of yeah. they're kind of meh in the middle average, which is for surprising. almost everything it's on su- offense. It's surprising when you look at like the roster and like you know right now they're a little light at running back, which we'll talk about later, but. You know, you have a pretty established offensive line that I think, you know, some of this these higher-drafted the we'll higher players have not played up to their draft position, which we'll talk about and, later. And I think this is why their offense is not performing as well as you might have thought before. And I, I'll talk a little bit about, I think I've got some notes on the, the O-line somewhere. But yeah, they have some nice weapons, and Chris Olave is a, a freak of nature, and Michael Thomas is very good when he's healthy. And then, you know, they have some nice weapons at tight end with uh, Juwan Ju- uh, Jones. Yes, Juwan Jones. Juwan Jennings is on the Niners. Juwan Jones is on the St- on the Saints. Oh, the tight end. Yes, on the tight end. Yeah. And then Foster Moreau is a good player too, and uh, you know his battle back from. Yeah, he was a guy I was kind of thought. Oh, maybe if the Packers want to sign a veteran tight end, yeah, he and, might have been a possibility. And you know his battle back from I believe it was leukemia this off season. Um, it was it was mm, some I don't remember some horrible disease that he was able to to battle back from this off season which is obviously really inspiring. But like, the whole point is they have a lot of nice players. And then Rashid Shahid, I think, is one of the most underrated players in the NFL right now. I don't know if you've seen this, but like his like uh, yards per route run, yards per you're, target you're is like... You're kind of stealing oh, my... I'm sorry, uh... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Thunder, <laughs> thunder. But, okay, let's move forward. Okay, I, I could always just skip being nice to the Saints. That's true. Let's Okay, let's go to the... <laughs> I know We know you like skipping being nice to you're the You're always Saints. accusing me of skipping the... the, the you know, saying nice things about our opponent, but if you steal all my nice things, then what am I going to do? That's a fair point. Okay, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. I, I jumped the gun a little bit, just a little. But anyway, let's skip on to our next section, which is, hey, now, be nice, uh, or hey, now, play nice, where we say a few nice things about the Saints. And I'll lead us off because you were talking about the defense. I'm going to talk about the defense. They have a very good defense. It's very well coached. Dennis Allen has been their head coach the last two seasons, and he was the defensive coordinator there for the seven seasons prior to that. Um, They were second in defensive DVOA in 2021, ninth in defensive DVOA last year. I wasn't able to look back much further because now that DVOA has moved from football outsiders to FTN, um, they don't have a lot of those older years yet, and hopefully they'll put them up as time goes on. But for now, they just have through 2021. Um, they've ranked top 10 in both yards allowed and points allowed each of the last three seasons under Dennis Allen and currently are on pace to do it again. Uh, PFF currently through two weeks has them sixth in the league in pass rush grade, uh, and tied for fifth in the league in total pressures. Um, and that's, uh, in large part due to Carl Granderson and Cameron Jordan. Uh, they're two edge players who are each tied for fourth in the league in pressures with 11 and have combined for four sacks on the year. So those guys coming off the edge is definitely going to be something to look at, especially with, possibly a backup left tackle. And then, you know, Zach Tom at right tackle who has played very well, but doesn't have as much ex- as, as much experience as those guys do. So something to keep an eye on is like we've been talking about through the, what's going on with the saints and through the say something nice is saints defense is really good. And, you know, I would say that this is like the first 
real plus defense the Packers have had to play that so far this year. I think that's fair to say, and it's going to be <laughs> it a very- certainly wasn't. It certainly wasn't week one. Yes, certainly wasn't week one. You know, week two, the Falcons did a couple things that were interesting, but they don't have the same kind of horses that the Saints do. And so I think this is going to be an awesome test for Jordan Love and the offense. Obviously, I would like that test to come under better circumstances health-wise for both the offensive line and the weapons, but it is what it is, as they say. Dad, what do you have nice to say about the Saints? I know you struggle with this part. I know this is the, the <laughs> toughest part for you. Well, I I start on it, and then I uh, make get off you the rails always a add these little caveats about how actually this is a negative. This is actually very bad. Well, actually, you know, no, actually what I do is I compliment somebody by throwing somebody else under the bus. Yes, usually on their same team. Usually it's like... Yes, yes. Well, yes, I've got to talk this guy up. He's like, doing brilliantly because he has to make up for how bad this other yeah, player so it's is. Like this, these guys are playing so well in spite of how bad their coach... Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, go but ahead. Say something I, so nice. So they've got a, a, a really good group of wide receivers, especially their starting, they're their top three. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, who seems to be the healthiest he's been in years, is actually getting more snaps and play and targets, I think, than he's had maybe since his big year, you know, he's the current record record holder for receptions in a season, right? Still in the NFL. Yes. I don't think, I don't, I don't think anyone's caught him yet. No. I don't think anybody's even because it always confused me because, you know, they've added the extra game since then. So it's like, this has true, someone, I don't has think, I don't think it's been, game to I don't yet? think it's, I don't been, believe I don't so. it's been broken yet. And, and, um, and, and Carr has been looking for Thomas, uh, especially like, you know, it's the beginning of the last game. Um, he was getting um, a lot of targets from Carr. And then Rashid Shahid as the deep threat. Now, what's interesting is I looked at their alignments and all three have been used, used in the slot and out wide at kind of similar rates. Um, they all three have an um, average depth of target over 10 yards. None of them have a drop yet this year. And all have very high route participation. It's like in the 90% for, I think, when they're on the field. Um. Yeah, so I just peeked really quick. Michael Thomas only needs to play 24 more snaps this season to match the amount he played in 2021 and 2022 combined. Okay, yeah, because he had a rough couple of years with the foot injuries, I think it was. Yeah, 21 he didn't but, play at all, and then last year he got knocked out for a large stretch of the year. But yeah, those those three guys, um, Olave, Michael Thomas, and Rahid, yeah. Rashid Shahid are very good. And they can play outside or or inside. Um, and their uh, Shahid has like the, the, the biggest yards per reception and I think yards per target because he's been get caught, caught some deep balls and and despite that he doesn't have very many targets yet but he's caught ninety percent of his targets despite averaging sixteen point nine yards per reception. You know what throws me off about him? And I think I'm stealing this from someone on Twitter, but he wears number twenty two. Which just makes you think he's like not a good receiver. Like he's a good receiver. It's just the number really throws me off. <laughs> why do you have a duplicate number with a running back on your team? Yeah, it's like it's like why <laughs> why are why is this running back running a nine route? Like what's going what's going on over here? Yeah, why, why is the safety and, and, coming down in the bot? Like coming down and motioning across and and running a speed out. And and Shahid, his rating when target is the is one fifty two. Yeah, and, and that's what happens when you get thrown bombs downfield and you catch 90% of them. Yeah. Cuz what what is his average depth of target? Like it must be It's like be. 14 14 and a half. Man. And his yards per route run is 2.9. And Alaves is 2.79. 
Thomas's is is less because I think he tend, they they tend to use him more on the short middle of the field a lot. I mean, you know, so what, they, you know what? Uh, what's his name? The DB for the Buccaneers calls him the the defensive back for the Buccaneers, whose name I'm blanking on, calls him Slant Boy because all he runs <laughs> is slants. Um, but hey, if you if they can't guard you on a slant, aka can't guard Mike, you know, just keep running him. I, hey, stop it. If free, yard, want, free yards, free yards, free yards, free yards. But no, yeah, like, but, like what uh, Bijan got? Uh, yeah, free yards. Last, last free, yards. free yards. Don't and, and what I'd like to see the Packers do as much as possible is just take those free yards. Exactly, but uh, no, yeah, the the Saints have a very good defense, some really good skill players on offense. Derek Carr hasn't looked phenomenal through two weeks, but. No, that's something we'll talk we'll about talk a about little it. later. But we'll he's had. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 talk about that after we get off of the uh, play nice section. Yes, but okay. Well, let's move off of the play nice section and move on to our next section, which is I'm nervous about blank. Um, this is kind of when we ha- talk about how the strengths of the Saints kind of line up directly with some of the vulnerabilities of the Packers. I'll lead us off here, Dad. And you know, I wrote this down and I immediately chuckled to myself. But like, unironically, I think Taysom Hill. This is like a a tough matchup for the Packers. And I know he's a part-time player. I know he's kind of a meme. But last week, he had uh, nine. He ran nine times for 75 yards at 8.3 yards per carry with an 80% success rate. Um, And we also saw last week the Packers really struggled to hold the edge against the run, including a really key Desmond Ritter zone read on a fourth down that went for a touchdown. And I think that's right in the wheelhouse of something Taysom Hill can do. And I guarantee you the Saints saw the Packers struggle to hold the edge against that kind of like quarterback keeper. And they're definitely going to test them on it because... And and, yeah, and one of his big runs was around the edge on the right side, uh, getting upfield on the sideline. And I won't be surprised with uh, Jamal probably not playing and Kamara not back yet that uh, they use him in some, you know, deep red zone uh, situations, which hopefully they never get. Yeah, hopefully. But I it, I wrote it and I was like, I can't be serious. Like putting Taysom Hill is something I'm nervous about. Like this guy's a meme. But at the same time, he had a very good week last week. They're going to be missing like a lot of their rushing threats. The Packers have not done well on zone reads since 2000 and whenever they were invented, like 2010, they have literally never just, I don't think I've ever seen them defend a zone read. Well, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie to you. And then the other thing is the saints pass rush versus the left side of the line. Uh, Walker and Newman actually played really well last week um, against the pass uh, or in pass protection, I should say, which we already talked about a bit. Only one pressure allowed between hopefully they're not playing against the pass. I know. Right. Uh, (laughs) At times Newman, (laughs) <laughs> does seem like a double agent in the past few years, but I, I digress. Uh, that was really, really uh, like weeks one and two of last year. Yeah. Here's the thing is like, that's what he really struggled. We've really seen him struggle against stunts and twists. Like that's the thing is like, he locks onto the guy in front of him and he never passes him off ever. And so, you know, hopefully he's able to do that this week. And Walker, we saw kind of struggle early in the game with some, um, Procedural penalties, not picking up that blitzer through the B gap. I think there's uh, a little miscommunication. It's, it's hard to tell if that's miscommunication or misdiagnosis. Yeah. Um, whether he didn't, you know, um, identify the the blitzer or he just yeah. And I've I've watched. Wasn't a few, sure whose whose assignment it was. I watched a few videos on that. Um, both the 
QB school with JT O'Sullivan broke it down and then Dusty Evely and John Kuhn broke it down together, which was really awesome to watch. Uh, I love everything Dusty makes. Um, but they were essentially, they kind of came to different conclusions. Um, Dusty and uh, John Kuhn said essentially like that the, that's the tackle to kind of pinch in there. And, uh, but then the QB school was saying it's like, it's hard to, t- he was essentially saying it's like, I don't think the scheme had a good answer to this here. And that this was more on like the, the design of the play didn't allow for like the, the the Falcons essentially just called for something that the design of the play needs to be able to be ready for. And it wasn't so hard to tell, but hard to tell if that's on Walker, et cetera, et cetera. But he struggled a little bit early in the game with some other stuff as well. And so it'd be nice to see both him and Newman really settle into this game, but it is something that I am nervous about because they're going against even like a much better pass rush this week than they did the previous week. Yeah. Which is my thing that I'm nervous about. This is going to be, the best pass defense the Packers have faced so far this year, you know, the whatever, uh, sixth, I think by PFF and, you know, for comparison, the ones they've faced so far, Chicago is 30th and Atlanta is 20th. So they have not been tested yet and love is doing well. Um, but it's going to be a more difficult, um, opponent this time. In particular, how and as you mentioned, how well does the O line hold up with back? Hopefully, only one backup and not two. I would, but we'll see. I wouldn't count on it. Um, and the other thing about so it's not, and it's, but it's not just the pass rush as you mentioned. It's they're also got the eighth highest coverage grade by PFF as as a group, though they will be missing one. They'll be down one starting safety. Yes, which you know. That could be big. Um, I'm not as familiar with the Saints safety depth chart as I'm sure Saints fans would be, but I know if the Packers were missing a starting safety in, in past years before our safety depth chart was kind of a big plateau, that would not be good for us because I've seen I've seen what it's backup sm- safeties can do. Small plateau. Small plateau. But anyway, uh, should we move on to our next section, Dad, or anything else that you're nervous about in this game? I would like to get That's, off the nervous that, section. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to stop being nervous it, about is this Is it game. raising your anxiety already? That's let's a move on. I'm, I'm, a little, eh, I'm a little nervous, but let's move on to our next section, which is exploitable weaknesses of the Saints. This is kind of where we talk about some things that maybe the Saints aren't as good at and some, you know, some places the Packers can maybe find a pressure point or two. Mine is that they do not have a lot of experience at the running back position in this game. This game specifically, Jamal Williams is most likely going to be out with that injury. He hasn't practiced at all yet this week. Then Alvin Kamara is still suspended, which leaves them with Tony Jones Jr., who has 80 career attempts over the last three years, and Kendra Miller, who has no career attempts. Uh, For reference, I think Jamal Williams had like 270 attempts just last year alone. So, two guys... Packers? I know, right? Two guys... (laughs) With not a lot of experience in that running back room, you would hope that that would kind of help mitigate, I would say, the Packers' defense's biggest weakness, which is, like we saw last week, defending the run. So it's nice that right. the way, the places that the Saints are kind of a little weak at right now are the places the Packers are really weak at. In, on in some ways, if you think about matchups, this is a little bit better than some of the other matchups. Um, the Packers tend to struggle against teams that are really strong at the run and really strong against the run um, for the LaFleur era. Um, And that's not what the Saints are. Their run defense is, as you mentioned there, they're going to be having some inexperienced uh, ball carriers. And their run defense is not nearly as good as their pass defense. By DVOA, they're third against the pass, but only 16th against the run. 
And so that's that's something where you feel like when the Packers just get repeatedly stuffed in the run game, it throws off their their whole offense. Yeah. Um, but the, hey, but, um, that, but we'll see. That might still happen this week, and that's something we're going to talk about because I don't think the Saints' run defense—I mean, I don't think the Falcons' run defense was particularly elite either, and didn't go particularly well. We'll say, and the, I wouldn't say the Bears' run defense is particularly great, and that <laughs> well, didn't go particularly well. Well, I guess Aaron Jones racked up a lot of yardage, but not necessarily on a lot of good runs. Aaron Jones racked up yardage, but I would just say the players that are more expected to play this weekend didn't exactly have. I'm 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 crossing my fingers for Aaron Jones playing this weekend. Hey, I'm I think, crossing my fingers, my toes, everything I have that Aaron. Jones I think plays it this makes weekend. a huge difference for the way this team is built right now for their win probability if Jones plays. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. I think, I think they would have won last week if he played. I think so. If, it was a if he was the only one of one point, if he was the only one you added. Yes, I they would 100 percent agree. Pretty, I think, pretty handily. I, he, but anyway, so yeah. the other thing about going Saints that exploitable. Um, weaknesses. Their offense is also actually not very good this year. So um, remi- reminding so everyone far. that it's only so a two-week sample so but, far. But yes. So the O line has not graded very well this year. Compared, um, only twenty-fifth in pass blocking and twenty-third in run blocking. But it's actually been like this for multiple years in a row now, where they're around twenty-something blocking per PFF, as opposed to twenty nineteen, where they were the second best. So back in the uh, the you know, when they were really kind of a Super Bowl contender, Breeze was playing well. They kind of the end of his career, their team was really set up. They had a really great line. That's I think that um, reputation has still gone on. But they actually, for the, for three years now, they have not been that good of a um, blocking offensive line as a group. Yeah, and, and then it sounds like guys like Trevor Penning, who they took in the first round, Cesar Ruiz, who they took in the first round, have really kind of not lived up to that draft expectation so far. And it's always tough when you draft like a left tackle and a and a guard in the first round, and they're they're not quite what you would hope they would be. I mean, that's two fifths of your line right there. Yep. Um. So and so far this year, Carr has been not not. I think actually was better. Um for the Raiders than he has been so far for the Saints. So it's early. Um, but he only has one touchdown so far after two games. Um, he does have the deepest average depth of target of his career, but his yards per attempt is about the same. You know, so And he's got the lowest adjusted completion percentage and lowest passer rating since his rookie year. And right now with that only single um, touchdown, he's 32nd in the league in touchdown percentage, not surprisingly. And he's also the seventh most sacked quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, so he's there not, are n- not exactly mobile back there. Not not no, exactly. So they if have the a number. Not playing well, he's not exactly yeah. one to dip, dip, duck, and dive. So you can say there are a number of sort of systemic problems in their offense right now, um, particularly the passing game. And if you know their their running game is not as good because they're missing important players, then I think they could struggle. And then one more thing I want to say about their the Saints defense is keep an eye on who that second safety is next to uh, Tyron Matthew, where it, it's possibly rookie Jordan Howden. He's currently third in snaps at safety, um, but only has 26 snaps for his career. Yeah, at he was the guy we liked coming out of Minnesota, right? Yeah, for Minnesota. He was a guy I, I was hoping the Packers would pick somewhere around maybe fifth round-ish. 
Six yeah, rounders somewhere around there. Kind of projected. Where did he, that where did he I, end up going in the end? I can look that up really quick if you want to talk a little bit more about the safety position there. Because it does sound like they're going to be fairly thin there. Yeah, and you know they, they list, uh, you mentioned, um, we got Ugo Amadi as a safety, but in PFF they list him as a corner. So that would give them one additional safety. But still, he's only had like, played one game and had three snaps so far this year. Yeah, and Howden was picked in the fifth round this past year, pick 146 overall based on fifth a round, quick okay. Google search. But yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of, they're dealing with injuries too. Like we're, we're dealing with injuries. They're dealing with injuries and suspensions as well. So it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. So they have, even though they're playing well, a lot of ways, they have, I think some, um, some weak points that the Packers can um, try to take advantage of. Well, let's move on to some things that we hope the Packers can take advantage of and talk a little bit about, I hope the Packers, and this is kind of where we talk about some specific game plan stuff that we hope the Packers at least try to do. Uh, my first one is I hope the Packers have Aaron Jones. No, I'm just kidding, but that would be nice. <laughs> but um, the things that, that, but for real though, but the but things yes. that I really want to see, but also the, yes, but also yes, the things that I would want the Packers to do in this game is I would like them to emphasize Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave a bit more. Uh, Jaden Reed does lead the team in targets. So like, it's not like they're not already emphasizing him. Um, he had, I think it kind of depends where you look. He either has 13 or 11 targets. ESPN has him at 13. PFF has him at 11. ESPN has him with eight targets last game. I think PFF has him with six. So it kind of depends where you look. I'm not sure why that discrepancy is there. Probably depends on, you know, just eye of the beholder stuff. But as you move on, Jaden Reed is second on the team in yards per route run. And Luke Musgrave is third on the team in yards per route run. Uh, Aaron Jones is first, hence why I wanted him to play. Um, But so, and then... Jaden Reed is third on the team in yards per target. And then Luke Musgrave is second on the team in yards per target. Um, those are all per PFF. And then Aaron Jones is first again. First but again. My, my point is, you know, you, even though Jaden Reed is getting all, like leading the team in targets, he's still uh, third on the team in yards per target. So you just keep giving him the rock until that kind of efficiency dips a little bit. Um, I'm kind of assuming that Dobbs will be viewed by the Saints as the number one. So he'll have Marshawn Lattimore on him. Um, which should open things up for Reed a little bit, uh, specifically. Uh, I think it'll be easier to th- open things up for Reed than it will be for Musgrave because through two games, the Saints have held tight ends to three catches for 22 yards. Um, it, they haven't exactly gone against very high-octane offenses, but I do think you know that, that could put a damper on my like feed Musgrave strategy. But at the same time, you know, those are two of your most dynamic weapons in terms of getting the ball in your hand. Anytime you think about giving a dump off to DeGuara, let's just line that up for Musgrave instead. Not too complicated. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on how I would like the Packers to approach this game. And then if Aaron Jones isn't playing, I would like them to split carries more evenly. Last week, Dylan had 15 of the 19 carries. I would like to see Emmanuel Wilson get more touches. Um, it's not just because he was the darling of camp. Uh, in three carries last week, he did have one for negative five yards, but he did also have one for three yards and then one for seven yards. And that seven yard run would be the second longest carry for Dylan of the year. So in three carries, he already would have had the second car- longest carry for Dylan for the year. And I think just that shows that he provides maybe a little more explosion than what Dylan is giving you right now. Um, I'm not saying he needs to have the majority of snaps. I would just like to see that split be a little closer to like a 70, 30, 60, 40, something like that. Uh, Dad, what do you hope the Packers do in this game? Um, so I have a sort of related in many ways to the things you brought up. Well, and I want them to run the ball until New Orleans shows they can stop it and don't abandon it. Um, new there, there, and their defensive line is 22nd in adjusted line yards. 
only three spots better than the than the Packers. So I'm hope and I'm hoping, of course, it will be Aaron Jones who's going to be doing that, running the ball over and over again. Um, and maybe try, it'd be nice to do that to somebody else for a change. Yeah, it would be nice. Um, it? And so th- I, I, on that's what I'd like to see on um, as part of the um, game plan for the run for the offense. But I'd also like to see them you know, use that to kind of set up play action and. And I think but where Dad, they should you don't need to have a good. You don't actually offense. need to be successful. You just need to fake it. Do play action. That's you just need to fake it. But I also want this. I think the passing in the middle of the field is going to be a, a thing they should try to exploit. That's actually the part of the field that New Orleans defends the poorest. It's more like they're league average that at that. Against wide receivers one, wide receiver one, they're second in the league, and presumably because of Marshawn Lattimore, um, who is once again having an elite year in, as a defender and overall and in coverage. And they're also good against um, wide receiver twos. Only seventeenth against this is all DVOA against wide receiver three, and thirteenth against tight ends, and sixteenth against pass catching running backs. And their weakest part of the field to cover is short middle by DVOA. So I'd like to see like Reed, Musgrave, and hopefully Jones um, worked into the passing game over the the middle of the field. Yeah, and hopefully Jones. I think that's the big thing. Is I'm not I'm not too optimistic for him playing, but the fact that he's at least back practicing a little bit is a sign of good news. And you know, hopefully that progresses through. But Dad, yeah. as we did, you have anything else you wanted to add there? But, but if not, there? I'd like to see. Yeah, as you mentioned. Um, more targets to read, and I think possibly exploiting the uh, the middle of the field where their um, coverage doesn't seem to be quite as tight. Yeah, but moving on to our next section. Our next section is don't take your eye off that guy, and this is either players that we think are going to be standouts or players that could really kind of swing the game either way if they have a good game or a bad game. Mine is A.J. Dillon. Um, the Packers just need to be able to run the ball. We've seen this for years now under LaFleur. If they can't run the ball, a lot of things suffer. Um and they need him to play better during the last, uh, better this game than he did in the last two. Uh, like we talked about, you know, game one, I think it was 13 carries, 19 yards. Game two, barely averaged about like three and a half yards a carry and had several opportunities to get more when he didn't. And, you know, I think it is kind of like a little nugget so far that while the Packers haven't necessarily run the ball super well the past two games, the offense has still been pretty solid, which is, I think, a good sign. But, also, at the same time, they haven't gone against exactly super elite defenses so far. So that's something to keep in mind. But yeah, my player to watch is A.J. Dillon. I would just so much love to see him have a bounce back game because it's been a little rough through two games. And I think, you know, he's a fan favorite. He's a fun guy to root for. He really loves Wisconsin. And I I just, you know, a third bad game in a row would not be great for him. If he could just, you know, not, not fall over on his own. I was going to say not fall over. <laughs> and just pick his feet up. Pick up your feet. Yeah, but who's your um, player of the game or player to watch? So to watch Kenny Clark, he has a chance to pressure Carr up the middle and wreck their um, passing game. Their center and both of their guards, so all three in the middle, are really struggling in pass pro per PFF. Let me read you some of those grades. Um, Cesar Ruiz, 43. Um, and for reference, 43 it, is very bad. And very, we know that PFF at, grades aren't everything, but... But at the same time, at this when it's that bad, it's bad. Yeah, that's fair. It, to league say. average is sixty. 
But if you're that far below league average, like, no, that's not good. Um, Eric McCoy, their center, 47. James Hurst, their other guard, 40.6. And their, um, one of their tackles, left tackle, Trevor Penning. Penning, yeah. Left. Yeah, he's left. His pass still right tackle. His his pass blocking is only 53.9. And his overall grade is 48.3. So Ramchick is the only one who's actually having a good year so far with just, 75.8. He just keeps cracking out good but years of like, right tackle. Alone out there, based on quality of play from PFF, and and the other four are not doing well, especially all three up the middle. So I think Kenny Clark and and also Devontae Wyatt could wreck shop. What did you think about passing game about Wyatt's game last week? What did you think? Did you have thoughts? I didn't notice him as much. I was going to say mostly I didn't notice him. Yeah, and he had such a good if week I'm one. Let's back see. On if- Let's see if, you know, because we talked about after that week one, it's like all about like consistency moving forward. And, you know, week two, I think I, I thought he was okay. But, yeah, I, I, I would like to see him have a good game against some less strong uh, competition because, you know, beat up the Bears week one. Week two, you go against like Falcons have a very good offensive line. Fair enough. You're more of a pass rush guy at this point. Ideally, we'd like you to be more, but it is what it is. Let's see if you can kind of bounce back against a Saints line that struggled so far up the middle. But yeah, I think Kenny is a really good choice because, you know, he started that Falcons game really well. And then him and it's not just him, but the entire like defense kind of just withered as the game got longer. And so, you know, hope for better this week. Um, But dad, let's move on to overtime where we just talk a little bit about some things that we haven't got a chance to discuss yet. Do you want to start us off? Yeah. And I think maybe we're going to be saying the same thing, (laughs) but it really is sort of like the, the, what it's going to be like, the vibe at the stadium. It's going to be Jordan Love's first start as ho- at at home as QB1 and the season home opener. Lambeau, as you said at the top of the um, episode, Lambeau should be rocking. And this could be enough to push the Packers over the top in this game. They should be really energized. It shouldn't be one of those, the floor afterwards, like, yeah, we just had low energy. It's like, no, that should not be a problem this game. They should be fired up and ready to go. They should. Th- and I want to see the the crowd just continually to get whipped into a frenzy as the team starts getting to the backfield, chasing Carr all over the place with Gary, Kenny, Lucas Van Ness, Preston, and uh, Carr getting frustrated and throwing the ball away or or throwing some interceptions, which you know. It's a thing you could do every once in a while. Yeah. And I think, you know, what I had was not only is it going to be Love's first start as the starter in Green Bay, I think it's going to be his first regular season snaps in Green Bay. Or maybe not regular season snaps, but I... So the Chiefs game was a, was in Kansas City. Yes. The Eagles game, when he took several snaps last year, was in Philadelphia. I'm trying to remember if that Lions that, game... That Detroit game, where was 2021, that? 2021. I'm trying game. to remember, but I thought it was in Detroit. So this might be the first snaps that he takes of any kind as a quarterback in the regular season at Lambeau, which is potentially super exciting for him. And then the other thing I had while you do a quick check on whether that game was in Detroit or not, which I'm pretty sure it was, but please no more procedural penalties. (laughs) I'm really getting sick of them. Just unforced errors. The amount of unforced errors through two games has been at times baffling and certainly very frustrating. And we haven't gotten a chance to talk about them yet, but like 
when week one, you got nine penalties, a bunch of them, personal foul penalties week two, you have that brain dead, uh, delay of game to essentially lose yourself three points in a one score in a one point game. I mean, just please, can we just get on the same page? I know it's a young team, but a lot of these mistakes are being made by the veterans and coaching staff who have been here a long time. It's one thing if like, you know, Rashid Walker false starts, I'm like, all right, like that is what it is. Like it's your first year, first second game starting. Like that's, I'm not going to get too upset about that. But when it's guys like, you know, like Elton Jenkins false starting, he's not going to play unfortunately, but uh, so it's a bad example, but like Malafleur not calling timeout. Uh, not that, getting the field goal not operation taking, going in time. Not just taking a field goal at the 56 yard line. I mean, just let's stop making, let's stop shooting ourselves in the foot, I guess is what I'm yeah. hoping for. So that, that Detroit game, the last game that was in Detroit. So yeah, this will be his where first he came snaps in in the second half. Uh, in the, reg- the first snaps in wow, the regular I hadn't season. I realize that. Wow. Lambo. That's something. But yeah, so Price that's kind of rocket when he walks out of the field. Place be going crazy. It better be. It better be. It be- yeah, yeah, better be. It better be. But yeah, so that's that's overtime. Let's move on to the bottom line as we wrap up here. The Saints win if blank. I have if. Um, the Packers just give up a lot of third down conversions again, so they just can't get off the field. They 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 force the third down, but then can't make the stop. And so, in some ways, it's sort of situational football. Can you make the, can you make those plays um, when you need to to get off the field and and uh, get the ball back for your offense? And you seem to have a. I have complimentary. I have something that's kind of going the other way, but it's, I think the saints win if green Bay can't run the ball and are forced into lots of third and longs, which has happened to them a bit so far this year. But I think against a team like the saints, it's going to be a lot harder to convert those at the rate that they were converting them so far this year. Yeah. Especially when they, yeah. Cause even against the bears, they had a fair number of third and longs. They were just very successful. Oh yeah. At they converting had a ton them. of third and longs. They had like four third and 10 pluses. They had averaged like a third and eight the entire time. And the averages league average, like third and 6.8 or something like that. Yeah. But they, they have not been good at staying out of the stick so far this year. I think it's fair to say. Um, but that next thing, bottom line Packers win. If blank, I think it's simply, if they can run effectively, I think that that would be enough for them to win this game. Yeah. And I think for me, it's if the left side of the line can give love some time. Um, the Saints can really pressure the quarterback. And I I don't necessarily expect the running back, or sorry, expect the running game to be great if Jones can't play. So I think they're going to need to give love time back there and let him work through his progressions. And I think if they can do that, the Packers will win. But, Dad, score prediction as we wrap up here. What are you thinking? Oh, just one thought about this. Do you think they go with Walker again? Oh, or, are they going to? That's Nyman. one thing we didn't get a chance to talk about. Are they going to do the super weird Nyman Walker? Oh, they could do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, and people have brought this up. Like, okay, we're going to move Tom to the inside, and then have Walker and Nyman both start. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, I, that's not. I don't love it, but I don't know that it's crazy, because I think Nyman is clearly better than Newman, and. I mean, we've seen Nyman play right tackle decently. He's a good run blocker. He struggled at times. It's interesting. I wonder if they do that. I don't think they will because I think, you know. I don't don't expect them them to make that many changes and take Tom away from where he's playing so well. He is playing so well at right tackle. I kind of just want them to leave him there and just stick him at right tackle and leave him there. I think the most danger from the Saints defense is on the edges. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Tom because 
Cameron Jordan's strong as hell. So that's the kind of rusher that I could foresee him maybe having problems with. But yeah, no, I, I'm thinking they go Walker, Newman, and then Myers, Runyon, Tom. It would be my guess. I hope they don't do this weird shuffle thing again because I just don't see the point of it. I, I don't get it. It, it. it has not always worked. It's not like... Like, they're both playing, like, average. But, like, just commit to one. Like... I, I don't yeah I just I don't yeah. get it but yeah I, I, hope I was they a, go with Walker. were you a little surprised that they went with Newman instead of Ryan last uh, week? if if it had been week one yeah but the fact that Ryan was inactive week one and then week two like comes along and they need to put a guard in I wasn't surprised it was Newman because like yes Ryan was active week two but the fact that he was inactive week one and Newman was active I was like okay so Newman's ahead of him on the depth chart and so when Newman mm-hmm. came in I was like okay like that's they've already kind of told us with like their actions in terms of picking who is available that they were going to go with Newman when the time came. Were you were you surprised? I was a little surprised. I thought I thought Ryan had played better than Newman in the summer. I mean, I thought so too. I I definitely would have gone. I wasn't Ryan, even I sure Newman was going to make the team. Yeah, no, I don't think either of us. I didn't have him making the team. I don't think. And on my final fifty-three, no. I'm having trouble remembering now. But uh, yeah, I, I expect them to go with Newman in this game. I would be a little surprised if they did anything else and didn't just do, a, you know, pick one of Walker and Nyman. It doesn't really make too much of a difference in my opinion, but it sounds like Walker had a better off season. So I don't know why you're shuffling, shuffling him now, whatever. But anyway, hopefully Bakhtiari can go and we don't need to worry about that. But that'd at be, this that'd point, be sweet. I'm not ever super optimistic about that, but we'll see. But anyway, score predictions, Dad. Do you want to wrap it up here? So... I have this as a lower scoring game um, with uh, the Saints defense. The Packers facing a uh, tougher defense. So I have it 17-13 Green Bay. Nice, nice. And I have it 21-14 Green Bay. You know, home opener, a lot of juice, I think. I I think they'll be able to run the ball. I hope they'll be able to run the ball. I'm losing hope every single time I repeat this sentence. But, you know, I think... I think the defense is going to be able to get pressure. I mean, the Packers have the second most pressures in the league so far. Isn't that kind of crazy? And so I think if the Saints can't run the ball without miss, with missing their top two running backs, and then if the Saints can't like protect pass protect like they haven't been able to pass protect so far, Green Bay's pass rush should be able to get after a little bit. But I agree with you. I think they're yes. going to hit the under in this game. But anyway... That is our preview for the game against the Saints. Thank you so much for listening. Like we said earlier, if you like what you heard here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. We tweet when we have new episodes out, articles we find interesting, etc., etc. And then come give us a subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google. We even put all our episodes out on YouTube if you want to check them out there. Uh, wherever you subscribe, it would really help our numbers, so we would really appreciate it. Excited for this game. Excited for the home opener. Packers Saints this weekend. We'll be coming to you with a post game on Monday. So we get a little chance to digest the game a little bit. So come give us a listen when that's out Monday. That'll be out Monday night. And so that'll be in your inboxes Tuesday morning. But thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.